Cayenne went live, my man. Benny, how are you? Good, good. When was the last time we, we jumped on? Oh, mate, it was it was pre-COVID. It was a long time ago. Maybe It would have been three years ago, at least. So, like, end of 2019? I think so, yeah. I was actually I was actually going back to that podcast because I was snipping it up and stuff uh, for, for, for some content. And um, I was looking at it and it was like, my teeth were out of whack because before Invisalign and I was like, oh man, this was a long time ago. <laughs> it's been a long time. Your hair was different as well. <laughs> it wasn't as long, hey? No, it wasn't. I don't think I've cut my hair since I saw you, but mate, let's let's have it. Let's see you. Let's see you grill your teeth. Uh, it's still not ready yet. So, <laughs> but they're they're on the way. They're on the way. <laughs> okay, so let's let's move from teeth to eyes. So your background, you were an optometrist, right? Yeah, correct. So I, I studied a uh, master's in of optometry. So worked worked as an optometrist for a few years, and as an account manager in the optical world. So spent quite a bit of time, yeah, looking at eyes and selling glasses and lenses and whatnot. With moving into this. It's really cool. Was someone in your family in the optometry space? No. Um, my dad is a builder. My mum was a dentist back in Egypt. When she when they came to Australia, different licensing and whatnot, so she wasn't allowed to work as a dentist, so she just did odd jobs, work in childcare and whatnot. And both my sisters, they're about, my sisters are about 10 years older than me. They're both teachers. So no entrepreneurial you know, spirit, no optometry. I guess my mum was on the health side of it. But I think it's just a, it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. You know, we grow up, study, 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 you get into the health or law or finance, you know, sector, Some not so much finance to be honest, more like, yeah, law or medicine or health and that's what you do. And it's just, just the cultural thing, yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty ingrained in, in, a, in a lot of different cultures around the study, 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 but I think it's changing a bit now where that whole study, 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 study is not as important because, you know, you can now just get online and start selling courses or just niching into certain areas where I think like you can just get moving very quickly with projects now, can't you? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think so. And, and I actually, actually believe in that. Like I was speaking to my sister the other day because she's the head of teachers or whatever that position is called at her school. So it's quite hard there. I said to her, you guys have got to change what you're teaching. It's not applicable anymore. When I was at school, I wanted someone to teach me how to do Amazon FBA, uh, what's drop shipping, you know, just how do you make money online? Because getting a degree is really only necessary now if your job requires a degree. Like if you do want to be a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer, you need that for your qualification. But otherwise, it's kind of useless, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. I think it's becoming less relevant. And with technology, the world's so connected and the skills and I guess the personality traits and I think cool things that people have, they can now showcase online, whether it's on TikTok and they can start making money, they can run a YouTube channel, like you can monetize your personality now yeah 100 percent. everyone's a content creator now um, and it wasn't long ago like what five years ago even five six years ago where you had to be a big brand to be able to monetize on, on social media and whatnot and now especially with tiktok you're right anyone can and you don't have to be doing it for a long time someone pick up their phone record a video and i think tiktok is very rewarding to content creators, if your stuff is good, they will show it to people. And just like that, you know, you, you be making money very quickly. So I wish they were teaching that at school or I wish someone taught me how to code and how to create content and edit videos and whatnot because I've been trying to learn. And it's, it's very difficult if you haven't grown up figuring that stuff out. Yeah, I think engineering is very left brain and I think you've got to be, you've got to have that brain structure to then start, I guess, following that pathway, I think. Yeah. 
<laughs> cool, man. So a lot's transpired. I mean, we haven't connected obviously a lot since end of 19, but I've seen you online and talking about content creation. You're definitely, I guess, following that path because I see you putting out all this really cool stuff. But what's been going down with your business first, Brick? I mean, it seems like you're kicking ass. So run me through it. Yeah, it's it's been good. Thank God, you know, knock on wood. Um, but it's it's a lot of hard work. When we first spoke, I think it was that was my first year going in, but I was still I was still working part time. I was actually working full time at a as an account manager and running the business as well. So I was still kind of doing a little bit of both. And then it was you know the first the first year was pretty tough, just trying to you know bring education and bring value to people to educate people why you should use a buyer's agent, what our benefits, and then show people that you know we're industry experts and we understand what we're talking about. And it was really tough. And then really slowly, very slowly, we got a client. We got another client. We did some deals, and I spoke to a few people as well. Um, and they just said, keep doing what you're doing and it will just, it's just going to, one day it's just going to work. It's just going to hit. And I guess it doesn't make any sense, but sure. And we just kept trying it. I just kept, you know, I was just consistent and just, I was like, well, I'm not going to quit. And then literally all of a sudden, like they said, it just worked. It was like a period of a month where we signed up like 18, 20 clients. I don't know what happened. It just happened. And then a month or two months, something like that, like in a real short space of time, it just happened. And I was so confused. And then, you know, I went back and had a look and I had realized, you know, all those deals that I had done prior, which took a long time to get those referrals or word of mouth that those guys were doing just happened to hit at one time. And people had called and I was like, oh my God, now I'm overwhelmed because I got too many. And then I actually, I just quit my job. I said, like, this is it full time. This is what we're going to do. And if she hits the fan, I'll go back at Coles for a bit and stack shelves until I can figure it out. That, that was my mindset. Thankfully, that didn't happen. And we just continued to grow and grow. And it's just been like a domino effect that the more you service, the more word of mouth, the more referrals, along with the social media, along with the organics. Next year, we'll be doing a lot of paid stuff and just really pumping it. And we've got someone working for us now part-time, but hopefully next year, we're looking to get two full-time staff members on. So this person will go full-time and we'll get someone else. And it's just really just grown like snowball effect. It's unbelievable. And, and none of it was via advertisement, like paid ads. It was all organic and it just took a long time. But once it started to run and roll, it just kept going and going. And I think it's just people would jump on our Insta and see uh, this guy's got like 700 posts. He's obviously not just <laughs> jumping in for, you know, today. And it's not just a fad for him. This, this person's around. This business is around. They know what they're talking about. He's legit. My friend told me about him. They had a good experience. So the, the trust is already there. And it's just a matter of the, delivering on what, on what we promise. And that part, thankfully, we're really, really good at. So uh, we make a lot of people a lot of money and um, it's just, yeah, thankfully snowboard and people have done really well and business in, in turn has done really well and we've beaten goals that we set. And so, yeah, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. Fuck, it's amazing, man. I mean, even, what you, I think, 18 clients in, in a month. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, we, um, we had to stagger them, obviously, because... It was just me and I wouldn't be able to service 18 people at one time. And even if I could, that the quality would probably drop. And we definitely don't want that. We always want to provide the best service. So we just had these calls come in and then we staggered them, which was actually, it was definitely the smart thing to do because, you know, it built out the, the rest of the year and kind of provided cash flow and, and security for that year from a business perspective, knowing that, okay, it's not just going to be a lump sum this month or the next two months and then you're going to go broke. It was great that we could push it out and then kind of have a consistent 
flow of clients for the rest of that year. And then obviously more people were calling, so we were kind of juggling all of that. Start of this year, I remember January, we, we were working on 18 clients at, at the same time in Jan because we, we had all of end of last year plus the, the start of this year. Um, there were people jumping in and I, I think New Year, people get New Year, New Me and they've got their, you know, what they want to do. So everyone gets really excited. So that's when we brought someone on board as well to help us. So it was a crazy, crazy start and it was just really cool. It literally just happened. Like what they said, like these people I spoke to in the industry, you know, I think I spoke with Arjun and a few other people. They're like, what you're doing is great. Just keep doing it. It's going to come. It's going to come. And yeah, it just came. And it's not luck. I'm not saying that like that was a luck piece. It was definitely everything from before had then just landed all at the same time. So it was pretty fun, pretty intense. Yeah, I read on that luck comment. I remember reading with Deepak Chopra. He said, good luck is preparedness and opportunity coming together. And yeah, I mean, you put in a lot of work, it compounds it over time and it kind of started to avalanche for you all at once. And just a testament of, you know, all that content creation you've been doing and all the interaction and conversations you've been having and people that I just get, I guess, are following you and your brand. They all probably just wanted in at the same time. Yeah, it just happened that it was all at the same time. And I had to be like, yeah, I think it's pretty tough for a business owner, especially when it's like been struggle street for a long time. When you get all of these people coming at once, you actually got to slap yourself a little bit and be like, don't get ahead of yourself. Because I think it could be really easy to be like, oh yeah, all these people, yes, I'll service everything. And then, you know, you grow too quick, you can fail pretty quickly. So I think it's pretty difficult to actually make that decision of saying, hey, we're going to slow down. We're only going to do four or five at a time and push everyone out. I don't know. I think if we had just been too excited and not level-headed and just gone for everything at one time, we probably would have crumbled to be honest. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, a lot of people do fail at that early stage. They, they they grow too quick. They stack on too many expenses. They grow the team too quick. And so they all bounce because culture becomes an issue. And yeah, I, I think it's it's important to take a systematic perspective and start slow and, and gradually start to, you know, move fast, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're going into our fourth year now. You know, this year we've only just got someone kind of part-time and I've just started to automate some stuff and, you know, look at systems and whatnot. I spoke to your buddy Dave yesterday about, you know, CRMs and whatnot. Up until now, it's been Excel sheets and Google Docs and whatnot. Like, it's been pretty raw, but I think very operational and functional, but still raw. And I think that's by design. Like, I'm a very, very patient person and probably frustratingly patient. Like, my fiance hates it because <laughs> I'm too patient sometimes. We like stuff, and she's like, "Oh, just do this and that." I was like, "No, we've got to do it slowly, do it right." You know, I read a lot of books about you know the big business guys and autobiographies, and really understanding how they've done it. And a common factor, a common thing is it happens often. You grow too fast. My biggest fear about hiring staff was well, not a fear, but my biggest uh, question mark before hiring staff is I want to know how to actually manage staff. I've never managed staff before, so that's going to be something new. And I want to be able to make sure that I take that as a responsibility that now I've got to make sure that I'm, because I'm providing for this person's family. So I've got to make sure that we've got our systems right so that they're not working for me for three months and we go bankrupt and say, sorry, mate, you got to figure it out. That person is now my responsibility and I want to make sure that I can be able to provide for them and give them a good environment to work in. And then if we bring someone else in, everyone's got to mesh together and company culture and all of that stuff. So company culture is like a buzzword gets thrown around, but I think it's real because I know in my last, when I was a, you know, working on corporate, the company culture was really bad. It was very toxic and you don't want to be there. So I think there's so many things and it's just really about being systematic, like you said, and knowing when to jump into certain CRM wasn't necessary for me, you know, until now. We're, we're starting to get staff in. We're going to have 
a lot of clients coming in, advertisements, funnels and whatnot. So now it makes sense. Before it was an unnecessary expense that I didn't need to put on myself. All these programs and whatnot, there is a use for them. But I think you just got to sometimes focus on building your business, building clients, because you can have all the programs in the world. If you don't have any clients, you don't have a business, right? So I think, yeah, sometimes you got to be patient. And when it's ready to go, then you go quick. Yeah, I think you said some really good stuff. I think something that stood out was just around you wanting to become, from what I'm hearing, like a more effective leader for your team. And obviously you take that responsibility seriously and you want to make sure that um, you can provide for them. And I think it's really responsible of you just thinking like that because it is a big responsibility, I think, hiring and then managing those people to meet their goals and their success path. And yeah, I think culture's thrown around a lot. It's a buzzword, but you've been in a toxic culture clearly. And the the company culture can change really quick when the team starts to grow and it can become a a serious fucking problem. And one person can damage a a culture really bad. Yeah, 100%. So I think we spoke about it in the last last time we we, we met up. I used to own a restaurant as well. And we had six, seven, eight staff members. And it was really great. It, It was like a family. And that was awesome. Everyone was covering for everyone. It was all really good. And then we had one guy who just started to lose his mind a little bit and cause problems. And that this one person was causing problems everywhere. And then that translated into, you know, poor performances for the business, people coming late, you know, the staff with the clients, they were not in a good mood. I mean, you know, when you're running a restaurant, you got to kind of be quite bubbly and cheerful and energetic. And, and if you're not, it translates to sales. So you can see it, like you're right, very quickly it can it change. I mean, when I was at my, you know, sales job, my account manager role, there was a great team, but there was sometimes from upper management, it was quite toxic. And that pushed it down onto, you know, the account managers and the guys below, which caused our work to be effective. And you just like, you're always on seek you know, dot com. You're always looking around and you were ready to jump ship if there was another opportunity. And I don't think, I think it's really, really hard to find good staff and good people to work with. And if you find them, you got to, you got to keep them. Like I take a lot of that stuff from Gary Vee, who's like all about taking care of his staff and just making sure that they're happy. Cause if they're happy, they're going to work for you. They're not going to leave and finding new stuff is expensive and training is expensive. And so if you can get them in and, and keep them happy and they're good, they're going to provide good results as well and happy days. Yeah, it's true. I think around staff being satisfied, you're right. Like I remember when Facebook acquired Instagram and they had like 13 employees doing like zero revenue and they acquired it for billions, right? Um, The two dudes at Instagram, the two co-founders, they then left Facebook obviously when they were legally allowed to exit Facebook after they acquired them. And then I remember reading it in the paper saying, one of the co-founders of Instagram who was obviously working within Facebook when they acquired them said, no one leaves a company when they're happy. Unless like, you know, you're going to start your own business or but, like typically no one leaves when they're really satisfied. And you're right, like you've got to create this, in, or we've all got to create this environment where people want to show up to work, then we're helping them meet their goals and they're having fun and they're learning and they're growing and they're evolving. And I, it's not easy to do, but I think, you know, you clearly seem to have that in your mind before you embark on that journey. So it seems like you're really going to nail it. I wanted to jump into, I mean, you've obviously been purchasing a lot of property and you've purchased what, like circa 50 million plus, right? Yeah, so far. 
Yeah. A lot of property because, I mean, you're buying investment properties just for context for people. What's your average price point? Yeah, it is a lot of properties because, yeah, our average price point is not a million dollars. Most of our clients are first-time investors and whatnot. So the, the average would be, say, half a million. So, yeah, there are about 100 properties, give or take. It's unreal. And so I wanted to also understand, you know, you said you've been running the biz for four years. You obviously, are, you, you're running a restaurant, so it's not like you were new to running a business, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, right? But it seems like with First Brick, your, your BA business, you've you've really taken off. And so what impact has First Brick had, not just professionally, but on your life in general over the last four years? Our business has always been in like my life. When I was at university studying optometry, I also had a perfume makeup business. Uh, online and just for fun, just trying to make money and build stuff and like just understand business world really. Then I had the restaurant and whatnot. And I remember when I when I sold the restaurant and I was just working as an optom and then I would finish work at five and go home. I was so poor. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, I have all this time and I'm just watching Netflix. Like it was it was crazy. And it started getting depressing actually because I'm a person that wants to do stuff. I want to work. I want to, you know, build and I'm thinking of stuff and I can't sleep at night. I, I, I sleep really poorly because my brain's just running, right? And I think a lot of people have like similar problems when they run a business. And But that was happening with, without like a, a business, without an end product. And then I found when I, you know, I was hanging out with my mates and it was pretty down, like you just low, like you know energy, your shoulders are like just, you know, hunched over. You just, you're just going through the motions. You wake up, you go to work, you come home, repeat. When first big started, Obviously, there's a lot going on, so you kind of you're not really thinking about much. You're just trying to get things going and trying to find your next client and whatnot. But then, once it got established and we were in some sort of routine of what we we're doing with the business, I actually found genuinely I'm walking around with a smile, walking around happy. I wake up, you know, I wake up and just you have your bad days. Everyone does, right? I'm not going to lie and say every day is you know amazing, but more often than not. It's a good day where you wake up and you think, awesome. Today I'm working for myself. I don't have someone telling me what to do. Or, you know, I run the show. It's on me. If I don't work, I don't get paid. If I work, I get paid. If I don't work, I'm going to suffer. And if I do work, I'll get the rewards. Like it's, it's all on me, which I like. And it's just because I think a more positive outlook in general to myself, to my friends, family, like our close relationships. I feel like I'm spreading more positivity around just because the business is giving me purpose <laughs> and like something to look forward to. Like I said, you have your bad days. I kind of always look at it and be like, yeah, it's a bad day, but what am I doing? I'm actually changing people's life. I'm actually making people financially free. I'm getting people closer to quitting their jobs earlier and getting them out of that state of depression and whatnot. And when you, I think perspective is really important. I find that a lot of my friends that I speak to, I hope they don't listen to this because they'll be upset. But, you know, a lot of my friends, like, oh, we hang out and it's just like, oh, I hate my job. Oh, I just want to quit. Like, I'm so depressed. And, you know, I'm a big Gary Vee fan, so I'm like, just quit. <laughs> you know, it's just, what are you waiting for? You know, I know some people hate Gary Vee and some people love him, but some of his stuff is just, the content is very strong. And it's so like, if you're not happy, why are you doing it? You know, just move on. And I'll tell them that. And they're like, oh, but I can't, you know, or why not? And they're just stuck in that mindset. And I'm like, oh man, like I'm so, I'm so positive because like, I'm just doing what I like. You know, and if I hated this, I wouldn't be positive. So yeah, it's definitely just made, you know, the sun shine a bit brighter and, and just, yeah, there's a bit of a spring in your step and I don't know. It's just, yeah, just feel happy. That's unreal, man. I think, um, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> No, no. I, th I think you, you nailed the question. I, I think when you're walking life every day on purpose and you're adding value and you're, you're having fun and you're 
you're learning, it's extremely fulfilling because outside of sleeping, typically our work is what consumes the large part of our day. So if you're unsatisfied, like you were giving the example of your friends, it's like a form of incarceration and it's awful and you just, it, it's, not, it's not a nice way to be. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are doing work every day that they don't like. So I think it's a big challenge just generally that people are facing. And as you said, like you tell them just to quit, but they become a bit of a victim and they feel like they can't, they don't have choice. And some of them are very constrained because they've got serious financial commitments. They've got a lot going on in their life. So it's not such an easy transition, but I guess kudos to you. I mean, you you even said earlier that you prepared to stack shells at Coles if it didn't work. And you're one of those few people who are just prepared to back themselves to, to make it happen. Yeah, I was a guest on a US podcast yesterday. He asked me something similar about failure. And I think I said, and I, I really believe this, fear of failure, I don't know where it comes from. I think it may be innate. Maybe we're taught, taught that at school by not getting good marks and whatnot. And you get ranked across your, the other students and whatnot. But I think fear of failure is good in a way because it motivates you. But I think it's, it needs to be controlled because if you don't care, not that, not care, care is the wrong word, but if you don't have a fear of failing, well, you can't fail, right? Because, and I think that's like the, the one thing I wish I knew earlier, because I would have started earlier and we'd probably be in a different space at the moment. We'd probably be a lot larger, but we'll get there. Is that just don't be scared to try because if you try, then you'll find out. And if you try and you don't like it or you suck at it or whatever it is, well, at least you know. But if you don't try, you'll never know. And if you're always scared of what if, I fail. What if this goes wrong? What if this? Well, then you, you're going to live in that life that you're in now, which you're not happy with. So I think we value failure too much. <laughs> we're scared to fail. And I think if we're just not scared to fail, like I always kind of look at it, what's the worst case that's going to happen? You know, my mates just bought some stuff from Alibaba and they're going to try and do some dropship. Like they're just trying something, right? I said to them, okay. But they were scared. I said, what's the worst that happened? The absolute worst. Like, oh, we don't sell anything. I said, no, worse than that. You don't even get the shipment. It's a scam, right? You lost a thousand bucks. Are you going to live? Yeah. You got a roof over your head? Yeah. All right, move on. You know, give it a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it works, amazing. You know, obviously you calculated risks and not just try random stuff. But, you know, worst that's going to happen if my business didn't work out. Well, I still have an optometry degree. Um, so I could fall back and become an optometrist again. I could do casual days, which pays quite well. I could go work at Coles, whatever. I've still still got money coming in until I figure it out. That is the worst thing that can happen. And it's not that bad. So <laughs> when you realize it's not that bad, I think you you do back yourself to try and push push a bit more. Nice, man. I love that. And yeah, that probably leads into like your first brick, the name of your company. You just got to take that first step, lay that first brick. And Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think people get so focused on outcome and they just forget the process and they think they need to get out of their job, but it's really like, no, you need to take that first step. And like you said, quit or just got to do that micro activity. So as we wrap up, I mean, you or your company has received some, been recognized for some awards, right? Yes. We haven't won any of them, but <laughs> we're always runners up. We're so, we're, you know, we'll, we'll run us up and finalists at the um, local business awards. And then we'll also run us up at the you know, finalists at the Australian Small Business Awards, which was the big one. I was pretty upset actually afterwards. <laughs> I was pretty down that we didn't win. But perspective again, after I took myself out of that environment, I was like, yeah, it's a pretty big achievement to be um, a finalist for a small business of the across the country, not just your local kind of area. That's cool. And, you know, we're also featured in Yahoo Finance. We had an article in there. So, yeah, pretty cool stuff. 
And that's awesome. Well done. I love that. You're kicking goals, dude. Well done. And I'm sure as we move into 2023, you're going to smash that and tear it up. Where can people find you? We are everywhere. Uh, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok. If you type in First Brick Property, uh, we're going to come up on all of them. We are posting stuff every day, all day. You'll find us first brick property on and on any of the socials love it km good to connect my man looking forward for round three and congrats on all your success thank you ben i appreciate it and thank you for all the support i know i've hit you up a few times uh, along the years ask you for some help in here and there and i appreciate everything you do and yeah glad to be back hopefully we won't wait four years till the next chat